Hey, welcome back to Big Red Zone. We are very excited for today's show. Remember, new episodes come out every Tuesday or Wednesday. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and hit the like button on this video as well as, well as all our other videos. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Big Red Zone and tell a friend. Today, we have a very special guest. Dante from Lumberland and Tommy Points Podcast is here. He's gonna, we're going to break down the Bruins. Uh, they're tied up 2-2. Talk about the Julio Jones trade, Red Sox, and, of course, the NBA playoffs and the Celtics. All that and more on this week's episode of the Big Red Zone. Welcome to the podcast. This is the Big Red Zone. I'm your host, Big Red. As always, I'm joined by Danny Football. What's going on, Big Red? What's going on? And our very special guest, Dante. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. I, I appreciate the golf claps all around, <laughs> golf claps. I appreciate you guys for having me on. We've been talking about this. My friend John, who I work with at Wimbledon, uh, brought up this podcast to me and how we follow each other on Twitter and stuff. And, you know, we've been planning this out for a little bit, but I'm happy we finally got this thing, uh, got this show to go on. Very Definitely. excited to be on. Producer John's colleague right here. This is That's right. <laughs> That's uh, right. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about Lumberland and uh, give a little plug yeah. to them and your absolutely. Uh, podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So Lumberland, you know, we are a, uh, I would guess what you can say, a startup company. We've only been around since 2016. Um, we're product-based. We make these 12-ounce uh, bat mugs, which is like you imagine just a wooden baseball bat. You hollow it out. And you can use it to drink uh, whatever you want. We do custom designs. Uh, have a partnership with the MLBPA, the Players Association. So we do a lot of work with them. Uh, have 10-ounce mugs now, shot glasses, or jam shots, we call them, bottle openers. Um, and then what I do there and what uh, my colleague, John, does, <laughs> uh, we, we have really been building up our social media presence over the last year or so. Um, you know, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, TikTok, we have nearly 700,000 followers on there, YouTube, um, LinkedIn, Facebook, I mean, everywhere. We're really just building our stuff up everywhere, constantly putting out new content all around. Um, YouTube, we have a few different series that we do. We have our daily podcast called In the Pit that we go live on YouTube at 8 a.m. Monday through Friday, and that gets posted on YouTube. It gets posted on wherever you listen to podcasts. You can listen to it there. Um, and yeah, man, we're just pumping out new content every single day, just constantly refreshing people's feeds with just new relevant stuff and just fun little things that we do around the office. And if you guys haven't checked out Lumberland yet, I, I'd say check it out now because the train's moving, we're moving quick and we want everyone to hop on the bandwagon now because we're, we're going at a great pace. I love, you know, since I've only been there for five months and we've made such great progress in the five months I've been there. And, you know, it's, uh, the sky's the limit for this company, and I'm very excited to be a part of it. And, uh, yeah, make sure to check out Lumberland across all different social media platforms. Yeah, we were talking before we started that you were already willing to put your hair on the line. <laughs> yeah, so um, we had this little uh, hashtag mullet for Dante campaign going for about two weeks where it was uh, if we hit 20,000 followers on our Lumberland HQ Instagram page, I would get a mullet. At the time, I think we were just about 9,500, and we finished with around 16,500. So we didn't quite meet the goal, uh, but we did get, you know, a good amount of followers from it. Uh, I'm happy I don't have to get the mullet. I, I'm a team player. <laughs> hey, you I did your part. 
You did I your did part. My part. We had it. We signed a contract and everything. It's still hanging up <laughs> in the wall in our office. Um, but no, we did not reach it. Um, good thing and a bad thing. Obviously, it would have been awesome to hit 20K, but I don't know if I would have liked getting a mullet. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens the next go around when we do something like that. <laughs> Definitely check out these guys. I love your videos. I, uh, you know, we have TikToks. We always are looking at the TikTok page. Uh, John showed us that. It's such great videos. The different videos it, from the, you know, I love that we talked about it, the mullet, like, uh video the nightmare video and all like the games you play it's it's really yeah. awesome definitely check them out uh and dante also has his own podcast uh tommy points podcast uh, yes sir you can check that out wherever you listen to podcasts we do we post that on youtube as well our full episodes i do that with two of my friends evan singleton and riley or he goes by color sports on twitter just three you know we're just three big celtics fans and obviously tommy points I think if you're a Boston fan, you know that that is an honor and ode to the late, great Tommy Heinsohn. Um, and, yeah, man, it's just three guys shooting the shit about the Celtics. We have a great time. And, uh, yeah, we just constantly try to keep people up to date with what's going on with the Celtics. So make sure to check that out. YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, I don't know. Whoever, comes, yeah. whoever has a podcast <laughs> platform now, we're probably on there. So check us awesome. out there definitely check him out i think i think danny football and i are gonna have to get a uh big red zone lumberland uh bat mug i think we're gonna have to get oh, one. oh yeah i think we're gonna have to right. get one yeah we'll talk about that dude. that'd be <laughs> awesome we'll make we'll make it happen we'll, we'll, we'll put it, it on the table we'll put it on the podcast i love that, I love uh, that. yeah we'll make it happen so um Without further ado, we're going to start with our first subject of the night, which is the Bruins. Uh, last week at this time, we talked about how, you know, we thought this Bruins team, we were hoping it would be over by now. The series would be over just finishing. Um, it's now a best of three. Uh, we're yep. tied at two games. You know, tough first one, uh, OT loss uh, in game two. They fought back. You know, they were down, and I thought they really had all the momentum going into overtime, and they had tough tough uh turnover uh into a goal um great win in game three and then an absolute collapse in the third period in game four uh fellas what do you think going on uh you know it's the best of three series now are we still confident in this team or are we a little oh, nervous I, confidence doesn't go anywhere with yeah. this team even after a loss you know i said before the series started i said this is gonna be a six or seven game series uh the okay. islanders there are they're phenomenal offensive minded uh, team. Uh, the Bruins are also great on offense. They have a very good defense as well. So how I envisioned this series was being a high scoring series. Um, we saw game one, I believe I'm, I'm looking at the results. It was five, two, then it was four, three. And then after those two games, um, the Bruins kind of switched up their, their game plan kind of went more defense and the scoring kind of went down there. Um, but game four, I mean, it was one, one Pasternak. I mean, he just, he missed as, as good of a shot as you're going to get. The, the ocean. Net. He missed the ocean it, on that one. It's like you give him that shot a thousand more times, and I bet you my house, my life savings, that he is going to hit that a thousand times. Like that is just – it's tough. You know, it, that stuff happens as good as you are. I mean, you, he had a hat trick a few games before. So, I mean, you can't really give him too much slack. It, it's it's brutal, but you can't let that carry over into the next game, which is would be tonight. Um, but yeah, no, I think back in Boston, I think the Bruins are going to bounce back, go up three, two, um, go back to New York after that. I don't know. I will say 
I don't want the series to go seven because I have usually when games like this give me a, a lot of anxiety, especially mm-hmm. when it's like late in game and it goes to overtime mm-hmm. when it's like you get that one goal and it's good. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to go seven games because like seven games, that game seven, no matter what sport it is, it just there's it just makes me so nervous. But I will say if they do if they do go game seven, I am gonna be in Boston. I will be at that <laughs> game. So I don't want to go seven games, but it, there's a little part of me that does because I love to see a game seven live. But um, no, I think they're gonna get the win tonight, and then one game at a time. We'll see what happens after that. Game so seven. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, Big Red. I was gonna say game seven's a Friday night too. That's gonna be. Exactly. Uh... I mean, it's <laughs> how much more perfect can it get? You know what I mean? I was I was back at TD a few uh, about a week ago for game uh, four. It was Celtics uh, Nets. I was there for that game. Just being back in Boston, man. Just being in that atmosphere. All those fans, like everyone, is there for the same reason. We all hated the Nets. We all hated Kyrie. We were there to cheer on the Celtics. And you're going for a Bruins game everyone's there because they love the Bruins. It's just such a great atmosphere, dude. And I, I and like I said, small, small part of me wants to be there for game seven, but I, hopefully we don't have to get to that point. <laughs> Danny football, big hockey guy. What, what do you, what are your thoughts? What are we, are we still, I know you're a very big confident Bruins. So guy. I was the Bruins in four or Bruins in five guy. And if I'm being <laughs> honest, we were a couple bounces away from it being 4-0 or 3-1. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, the lows absolutely. on turnover, all of a sudden we win game two and we're looking even prettier. Yep. But a um, couple bad bounces. I mean, what was it? Um, I can't remember who finished the shot but uh, or who even who blocked it. But game four, off a block shot, the dude just bats it out of the air and he beats Tuca on his, yep. uh, his left side. I mean, shit. Um, so a couple bad bounces. I think I still think we're the better team, and I think it's still playing out that way. But you know, Pasternak misses a, misses a wide open net, and you kind that's kind of setting the tone for the whole night. You kind of know how it's going to go. And man, the Islanders goalie, for what it's worth, that dude is playing the series of his life right now. Oh, oh God, yeah, unbelievable. Both of them. It seems Both of like them are. every Bruins playoff series, we happen to catch one goalie just like having a lifetime freaking <laughs> run at it. And this right. dude's doing it right now. So, you know, goals are going to – you have to earn every goal you get. You got to hit open nets. And, you know, when you miss an open net like that, it, you know, all of a sudden you're questioning yourself. You're questioning everything that's kind of going on. You collapse in the third period and you let a game that you could have won get away. So, I'm not too worried about the two losses. They easily could have been two wins. Um, it sucks that this is going back to Long Island tied. But, hey, I mean – they split and you split, and now you got to go in there and try to get at least one. Um, game seven, I'm on the same boat. I don't want that. I, I don't know if I can go through that. Uh, the last time I was confident in a game seven was the Blues game, and we all know how that ended. Uh, so stay, I'm, yeah. I want to stay as far away from game Yeah, seven we don't have to I talk can. about that. Yeah, that's – but uh, I, I think they're going to go into Long Island tonight. I think they get the W tonight. And then, you know, game six, you know, it's still in New York. Back's against the wall. So we're going to have to see how that plays out. Yep. Yeah, I still have the confidence in the Bruins. This is like this team has a different feel from it. It's like it's their high scoring team. I said the key is, you know, pasta. You know, he's finally gotten that playoff monkey off his back. He's like scoring go like he, minus the one, you know, miss. He's been playing lights out for this playoff series. So I can only assume that's gonna continue and Tuca has been unbelievable. So Yep. Understatement. Yeah. yeah. 
It's like all the, I was I even keep the goals it. he's given up. I mean, a lot of the goals are just Dude, like I mean, I screens or coming out of I the air. To, or... I have to give it to the Islanders. The goals that they've gotten against Tuca have been unreal. Like it hasn't been anything easy. No, we haven't no been given them goals. anything easy at all. Like both sides too, but like yeah, both the goalies, like you said, having the series of their lives, especially the Islanders goalie. I mean, it's just been unbelievable the type of shots that they've been able to save and block and this and that. That's why going back to Poshnik, I mean, I think the biggest thing for him for this game is just not letting that last game get to his head. Mm-hmm. You got to just – it right. happened. The game's over. It's 2-2. That You can't go back. You can't change it. If you get that opportunity again, you, you're going to get it. I mean, that's just – that type of shot is second nature. He just, me- he just fumbled it, messed up. It happens to the best. You move on. You pick yourself up. Keep your head on straight. Go into game five and we'll be fine. Yeah, I have a lot of confidence going in. Uh, you know, we're going home. Game five at home, I have a lot of confidence. That's the thing. Back. We're back in Boston, baby. There's no better crowd than that, especially yeah. for the, especially for hockey, man. Yeah. I don't care. Listen, I understand Boston. We're kind of, I'm kind of going off a little bit here, but like, we're the city of champs. We got the, we got the Red Sox. We got the Celtics. We even got the Patriots, even though it's Foxborough or whatever. Boston is a hockey town. Boston That's is true. People, People in Boston love their hockey, man. I've never seen anything like a hockey game before. Like, I've been to a few basketball games, but hockey games are just different, man. Uh, that's why, like, the atmosphere is going to be unreal tonight. I think the Bruins are going to have that edge there. And that's why I'm confident in them tonight. Back at home, I think they're going to get it. Yeah, home ice advantage I think is key is huge for these last, you know. it's Like I said, it's the best of three. I have confidence they can win at home. I'm not too Absolutely. worried about that. Um, so we'll have to see next week. We'll know either we're going to be very, we're going to be completely correct or we're going to be very upset. Yeah. <laughs> one or the stuff, other, so. no in between. Um, moving on to something that we were, I think all, I don't, I know I was personally upset about, uh, Patriots missed out on Julio Jones. It seems like they weren't even interested in him. Uh, it was yeah. all, they weren't really in it, but Julio gets traded to the Titans uh, him in a six-round pick for a second and a fourth. Uh, my mind was blown. I was at work, so I couldn't really do my like see it that much. It was a very hectic day. But man, I was shocked that it was the ten. First of all, it was the Tennessee Titans. Second of all, that the Patriots couldn't match a second-round pick for that. Like I, we gave a second-round pick for Mohammed. Person new. I know. And, I like, know. We didn't want to pony up a second-round pick for. Oh my God. I was right. totally like, I put me in such a bad mood at work. I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't even <laughs> look at my phone. It's tough when you're like, and you're in one of those positions. I mean, speaking as a Celtics fan, like where it's just like, you were close to getting someone, but another team's the team that ended up getting like you were in contention. The report saying the Patriots weren't that interested in the first place. Um, I will say the top three teams I thought he was going to go to was either new England, uh, the Raiders or the Titans. I mean, it just made sense with the Titans. Like, as, as upset as you were, um, I mean, the Titans, I mean, they that's a move you got to make. I mean, you got Julio, you got A.J. Brown as your number two, and you got 2000, 2K, Derrick Henry, and you got Ryan Tannehill, who, I mean, listen, he's not the best quarterback in the world, but he's very capable. He's a veteran. He knows how to play the game. Um, I, I thought that trade was perfect for them. And the second, I think, fourth, fifth-round pick, whatever it was, um, I mean, yeah, that's a steal. I, I think steal. it's a steal, um, but it, I think the reason why the Patriots kind of were 
if beyond making that move was how much money he was making because you know yeah. he's making I, th- I believe the deal is three years 66 mil i could be wrong i know it's three years 60 something mil so he's getting paid we'll just say 20 mil um that's a big contract to eat up bill belichick isn't really known for going after these big name receivers i mean randy moss back in 07 but like he's not really known for that um yeah. and honestly as much as i'm not saying i didn't want him i was kind of on edge too because you know he's talking about how he wants to go to a team where he's going to have a quarterback that can throw him the ball now hear me out i like i love cam newton i love him as a person i think he's a great player the guy can't throw more than 20 yards I just did not think that that would have worked just more so because of how much money we'd be paying Julio. Like, would it have been a great match? Like, sure. You have Julio on paper makes sense. It's great. But like, if you have Cam Newton throwing him the ball, I just don't know how, you know, how great that would have been. And, you know, we have Mac Jones too, but like, I don't think he's going to get thrown into the fire that early on. I don't know if he'll even play this, this next year. You know, it all depends on what happens with the team, how he progresses or happens with Cam Newton. So I just think there were a lot more question marks there than guarantees. And I think that's kind of the reason why the Patriots kind of stayed away. Um, but yeah, no, ultimately I think that was a phenomenal move for the Titans. I think that they're, I mean, they're right up there for the best teams in the AFC. I mean, they were already in contention for, you know, obviously the, you have the Chiefs tier one and then it, you have like, you know, like your Bills, yeah. your, you know, every other team that filters in there. I think the Titans are right there with the with Yeah, the Bills, they're in tier two. They're right, I think they're right they're in that playoff too. contention. Yeah. One thing about that I really wanted Julio, I think if we got Julio, A, it was for three – I think he has three years on his deal. Yes, three years. But he has three years left. That was – I was thinking mainly for Mac Jones. Like, that's mm-hmm. a weapon that's going to help bail him out as a young quarterback. Right. You can kind of just throw it up there and he's going to make a play. And Mac Jones can't throw it more than Cam Newton. I saw – I see what you're saying. Like, I – when you're just looking, if Cam Newton's our quarterback, it doesn't really – it helps him because Cam can throw terribly and he can't throw the football. He'll throw it and Julio will bail him out. But yeah. thinking from a Mac Jones standpoint, I feel like that would kind of – it made me feel if we traded for Julio, I think Mac Jones was going to be thrown into the fire sooner because yeah. now it's like he's going he's gonna to be the guy throwing the ball. Like right now it's kind of like right. you kind of get by with whatever you got. But if you have Mac Jones in there, I, th- I mean, if Julio's in there, Mac Jones is going to be the guy throwing the I ball. I mean, listen, if you want Mac Jones to not only get thrown into the fire early, but if you want to see him, you know, step up early on, giving him a guy like Julio Jones, I mean, that makes you better. That yeah, elevates exactly. you as a quarterback. You're going to pick things up quickly by working with someone like that. I, my biggest thing, honestly, what, with, you know, the media – Patriots fans, they, we didn't make the trade. Everyone's like, oh, look at our receiver list. Like, we should have made that trade, this and that. And they're, and they're showing the list. Like, you got Aguilar, you got Nikhil Harry, you got um, – they just signed Marvin Hall, I believe is his name. You know, they have – you know, no one big born uh, they signed from uh, San Francisco. They failed to mention we got two, you know, at least one top five tight end and another, I'd say, top ten. You can argue that he's higher than top ten. You know, I think the Patriots are still in the – they're in a fine spot. I, my prediction for them was 11 games this year, 11 and six, um, maybe even 12. I mean, their schedule really isn't that bad. I, I think with, with or without Julio, they're in a good spot. Um, I'm just more curious to see. I think the storyline is when Mac Jones does get thrown into the fire. That's when I'm, I don't know when that's going to happen. Um, 
it'll be really interesting to see how that plays on as the year goes on. Um, I think giving someone like Mac Jones a receiver like Julio, just like it elevates a quarterback. Like even if you're young, you know, you get thrown to the wolves, thrown to the fire. When you're giving a guy like Julio Jones, you know, whether he's, you know, ready to throw to someone like that or not, it makes you better. You know, working with an elite receiver, it's better than working with a Nelson Aguilar. It's better working. It's better than working with a Nikhil Harry. Um, you know, but at the same time, you got to be smart with your money. You got to be smart with, you know, how you, how you dish out the money on your team. Gilmore is obviously going to be due for an extension. God knows what's going to happen there. Um, but yeah, I think Bill Belichick was thinking more long-term with this move. Yeah. I, I told you, I agree. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> completely agree. I was really just staring at you. Cause I was like, man, what a great, what a great. Point. Don't please don't end. Don't yeah, end. Just, just keep, keep it going. going. Just keep going. Um, so I, yeah, I, I'll be, I'm, you mentioned, uh, Gilmore. I, I think now that we didn't use up the 30 million, you know, tied up that, um, uh, cap money. I think, I think the next thing is probably going to try to work out an extension for him. So hopefully that will happen and that will, I'll be just as happy with Gilmore signing extension as Julio Jones on the team. Yeah. I'd love uh, to have Gilmore around still. Exactly. Um, Moving on to the Sox, um, you know, Sox had a little bit of a rough skid day yeah. football, but uh, they, you know, they lost uh, the series against the, to the Astros. Yeah, but they were probably banging trash cans. That's yeah, probably, they were probably that's cheating. Why. Yeah, that's probably what it was. Um, but I don't. I, I'm a positive person. I want to stay on the positivity. The Yankees got swept right after that. The boys responded yes, to sir. the. The Baldy's comments about the Red Sox that he doesn't Brett like. Gardner them. fucking sucks, man. That dude <laughs> sucks. That dude is a horrible player at this point. I don't know how he's still playing. I don't know how he's still in the league, man. He's uh, he's not because too- he's the longest tenured Yankee on the team, so they're too scared to let him go. I'm sure Aaron Boone loves him, but that dude is trash. <laughs> he's pretty good at banging uh, the wall. He's, he was doing the trash can thing before. Thing. I'm so thing. glad they swept their asses. Goddamn. Did That's they hilarious. have a comment? Did he have a comment after he swept them? No, but I saw Xander said that that was the reason they got fired up for the series. So yeah, I saw that too. Shout out to Brett Gardner for lighting up fire into the Red Sox ass. Um, and even last night, it was a nice come from behind victory. Uh, and it was kind of a back and forth game too. It went into actually they they gave up the lead. Red Sox gave up the lead in the ninth, and then yep. Bogey hit a nice. Uh, Did knock. you see that strike three call? I will say. That was a bad call. That, that was, was a terrible gift. call. An absolute that, gift. That was Christmas gift wrapped on Christmas Day, sitting underneath the tree for you on Christmas morning. That was an absolute <laughs> gift. I mean, that was as as bad of a call as it's gonna get. Yeah, Obviously, it worked brutal. out for us. So, I mean, I'm not complaining. But that that, that did, that's that an ump bad. that wants that to go bad. home. That's an ump that just wants yeah, to go home. Yeah, that was like okay, you know, I'll do one more inning of this. But uh, yeah, I don't know. And then Aaron Listen, Boone doesn't even get tossed. His uh, third base coach gets tossed, and then Aaron Boone's just chilling in the dugout, you know, letting things happen. Fuck them. I hate the Yankees. We talked about this when you were gone, man. <laughs> I, the Yankees are my – like, out of all the sports teams that – for any major sport, the Yankees, like, it, I was just born with Yankee hate in my blood. This is, like, this I, is, I, this, this I is the same them. dude who pulled out, like, the savages in the box. You know, you got to give my guys a shot, blah, 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 blah. This dude flips out over balls and strikes. Dude, you got fleeced on a yeah, that was a bad on a, call. On a cold three strike for to end the inning on a 
pitch that was probably a good foot outside of the goddamn yeah. zone. Go ahead, you don't on even, third. You don't even come out of the dugout. What is this yeah. guy? This dude you is. You gotta a, show emotion. This dude because is. That, go ahead. No, because you had the runner on third. Like that. Right. Go that, ahead, that, guy that changed, on third. That changed in the entire game. The Yankees could have won that next guy up like easily. Aaron Boone easily. is nothing but pomp and circumstance. That dude is a circus. I'm, I'm shocked he hasn't even been fired yet. Like he, he doesn't have. Much, a good, I don't think he has not much time a good left. Coach. I don't think he's he has not much a good time coach. left. The he's only reason why he got time. the job is because he was a former Yankee. That's literally the only That's reason. That's how they all for goddamn jobs. <laughs> I know, but you know, at least like right. someone like Alex Cora, like former player, at least he's good. At least he knows what he's right. doing. Aaron right. Boone is, has rocks in, inside of his head. He doesn't have a brain up there. Aaron Boone yeah. is pretty goddamn bad, but I'm not going to complain. If they want to keep him employed and keep losing games, by all means, sure. Do go for it. One left. It was him and Alex Cora came into the league at the same time as managers. Like they both took over like the same year within the same year. And they were comparing each other. Like these are the two great young. Yeah, everyone thought that- Aaron Boone was some sort of genius. Cause he worked the ESPN booth. He was an idiot. It's, Good for you, buddy. Yeah. Anyone can work for ESPN nowadays. Dude, you, you want to talk about Perk- the yeah. you got Kendrick Perkins working for ESPN. Anyone can work for ESPN. Yeah. the booth. He was working the booth on Sunday. You want to talk about a freaking homer? That dude was pulling for the Yankees like no tomorrow. Yeah, yeah d- don't get that ESPN garbage and out then of got, we could, either, Any of us could sign a contract. And, and then he got Matt V freaking blowing his load over the break three call. I'm like, dude, who are you rooting for? What are we doing? Hey, how about uh, Matty V on the uh, go-ahead uh, single sucks, by man. Fuck that guy. <laughs> the least emotion I've ever heard he in like a sucks. play call. You just had and a- then last year, remember the freaking uh, Santa Maria or the – yeah, I think it was Santa, Santa Maria, Maria. on the yeah. freaking Judge home run or the Giancarlo Stanton home run. That dude's a joke. <laughs> I, can't, I can't stand that he's the guy that calls games in, the, uh, in MLB The Show. Because anytime oh, I give up no. a home run, oh. I have to hear him like just go off. You're so right. You're so right there. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, <laughs> his, his voice is just burned into my head. The Santa Maria call is just burned. He says it every time someone hits a home run off you, and it's like, oh, I can't take it. They, they, yeah, ESPN stinks. It's absolutely terrible. Um, they had they had Kendrick Perkins. They had Paul Pierce working for them. Listen, it's not it's not an exclusive it's not an exclusive club working for ESPN. It really isn't that exclusive. Hey, do you ever hear the Charles Barkley clip? But he says, uh, "Why do you go work for ESPN?" He goes, "You're not going to work me like a dog and pay me <laughs> next to nothing." Paul Pierce is literally talking about how he has made more money off of Ethereum or whatever the cryptocurrency yeah. is called since he got fired from ESPN. <laughs> I mean, that guy's that guy's a nutcase. I don't even yeah. know if I believe the half the things come out of his mouth, but the truth. Uh, He's telling the, the truth. truth. The truth will set you free, as they say. Uh, yeah, and, but. It was so good to see them sweep the Yankees. It, like you said, the Yankees are probably my most hated team. I have. like even when they stink. Like I really don't like them. There's no redeeming quality about them. No, nope. um, and listen, I, some of my best friends in the world. I and I will say this: um, it was senior year of college. It was when Yankees and Astros were in the um, the ALCS, and. Uh, Altuve hit the walk-off homer oh send them to the, uh, to send them to the World Series. I said to him, I'm sitting in the room with my friend who's a, just as big of a Yankees fan as I'm a Red Sox fan. And I said to him, I'm like, dude, I have a funny feeling that some, like they're going to win it off of this. It's a home run. I love him to death. My friend Kevin, if you listen, I love you, buddy. But like that was one of the happiest moments of my life. <laughs> 
being a <laughs> Yankees fan. Carabas, like, on Bro, top of the desk he, with the champagne I bottle? I swear I thought he was going to kill me. Like, <laughs> I was just so happy. To, as much as I don't like the Astros, to see the Yankees lose like that off of Chapman to a freaking domestic abuse guy, like, <laughs> fuck him. Like, I don't care if you could throw 120 miles an hour. You're still a douchebag, all right? I was so happy that entire thing happened. And just seeing a Yankees fan and the, being as depressed as he was just made my it – re, it really just warmed my heart. It really did. I'm not a bad person. I'm not. But that really just warmed my heart. That's all right. They're going to be humbled every now and then. Yeah, exactly. They're, right. they're being very humbled right now in the last, like, five as years. Five years as they should. As they should. Um, but our – we were talking about it before we started recording. Our friends to the West – the Woo Sox, big fan, big fan. Uh, Danny Football is a big fan, and you were showing us the Polar Park hat before. The- yes, sir. Um, Danny Football, you, you're usually our Worcester uh, correspondent here. What? Tell us a little bit about this last week of Worcester ba- baseball. Yeah, we had boots on the ground for Sunday. Uh, tough loss, <laughs> 12-5 loss, but the real action was seeing – a benches clearing brawl that wasn't so much a brawl as more just kind of pushing and shoving and a little bit of yelling. Um, first Hawks, in history. The first, that, you know, first benches cleared for the first time in Polar Park history. I've seen, <laughs> You're not wrong. I've seen the not first wrong. grand slam at Polar Park and I've seen the first benches clearing brawl at Polar Park. So I'm going to, I'll keep hey. taking my historical moments, but <laughs> I mean, the best part was probably the Rochester manager getting tossed and then the third base coach got tossed and he probably spent five minutes on the field yelling at the umpires. Um, and then, you know, from there, we're getting our asses kicked the entire time. So it kind of, it sucked losing, but it was kind of fun seeing, seeing a guy, you know, loses, absolutely loses shit for five straight minutes. So I had tip of the cap to that guy. Um, brutal homestand though, two and four on the homestand. Duran's down with team USA. So he wasn't there. Uh, we did call up Johan Miesa from Portland and this dude hit a tank the other night and he saw that. Ended up hitting the train up on the fucking track. So that's, Did he really? That's Did he really? power, dude. If you can find that the video, wild. find the video. Yeah, he hit the train. He freaking sent one to the freaking tracks and <laughs> bounced true. it off the train. That's incredible. Um, so, um, Johan Miesa, he's one to look out for. I'm sure when Durant comes back, he'll be good to go. Franchi hit a bomb off the batter. Franchi. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about it. He's getting some confidence so down there, Franchi's man. Franchi's getting yeah. his confidence. Johan Miesa is up needs. there now. But, dude, uh, I think I mentioned it a couple weeks ago, Kyle Hart, this dude has been on a tough skid as of late. Gave up nine runs yesterday. Kyle Hart, not, not looking He's too struggling. good. He's struggling. Um, I, was, I was saying I'm kind of ticked off because my entire season I worked in Pawtucket, I didn't see one brawl. There was not one. And being in the clubhouse, like, that would have been awesome to see, like, the guys coming after it. Like, I uh, – I, Never saw one bench clears brawl. I was pretty pretty upset about it. But Danny Football, I'm glad you could be there for that one. <laughs> um, I thought they were gonna throw hands. So how it kind of went was um I can't remember who was pitching. I think it was Simpson. He uh I so I didn't I didn't go on Saturday. Apparently, so what the carryover was was on Saturday. Uh, Miesa pimped his his home run, took his time getting around the bases, and I guess Rochester didn't like that. So. When they started beating up on us yesterday, I guess they were chirping, and then our guy hit one of their guys. Um, the batter gets pissed. Our pitcher gets pissed, and then uh, Simpson kind of gives him like the you keep talking thing as he's going down the baselines. So they go face-to-face, and then, of course, everyone runs out. And I was, hope- I was hoping fists were going to fly. I was w- hoping for some uh... – Were you on the field? 
I was trying there? to, but I was I behind. Said, I was behind the net, so I was trying to scale the net. I get out. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get involved in there. I was like, if this was a hockey game, I I would have been over the glass by now. But don't worry. <laughs> um, That's great. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Hart's my guy, but he's he's been uh he's been struggling as of it's late. Been a I hope rough he, go, man. Rough go. Hope he figures it out. Um, and obviously getting um, Duran back will help the help mm. the boys. But hey, it's just one homestand, man. We're, the blue stocks are gonna left. roll. Plenty of season left. Plenty of season. Um, but moving on to the main. This is Dante came all this way for some basketball talks. So we're gonna give him <laughs> some basketball talk. Uh, NBA playoffs. Uh, just a quick recap of that. Uh, obviously, we talked Nets. We'll get into it. Uh, beat the Celtics. We don't really need to mention we that. Are, that. What are you talking about? That's going to buy into the second round. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. And the Nets are now up one zero on the Bucks. Uh, in the second round, uh, Philly beat uh, Washington four one. That wasn't even close. Uh, Hawks and the Knicks, man, the Hawks turn are turning it on. They're play, uh, they beat uh, the Knicks. How about the Knicks fans celebrating that one win like it was the freaking? Yeah, you, you can't be jumping the gun like that. that was, yeah. Can't be jumping the gun like that. Jumping the gun. I get. It's that not even like. I get. It's not, not even like you were up. Years, but goddamn, man. It's not even like you were up. You were, it was just tied. You just tied. You just tied the series. It's not like you went up two one or something like that. It was still tied. Yeah. They're gonna be okay. They're gonna be okay. They got a bright future, man. They got some great young. They do. They there. do. But I, dude, I, this is and this is kind of bringing up the Celtics a little bit. But I have just this weird feeling, just for months, not even before the playoffs, but just not not um, when the playoffs are, but like for months, even before the playoffs, I just have this weird feeling that they're going to get someone like, like Kemba Walker. I know we talked about this a little bit. It's a big contract. It's going to be tough to move something like that. But I think the Knicks are just they're, – they're a good team. I think they have a very bright future. But they're just missing, like, one or two, like, go-to veteran scores. Like, if Kemba Walker is healthy, I still believe he can be, like, a good number two or, like, a solid number three. He just needs to stay healthy. If he was on the Knicks, him, RJ, Randall – um uh, uh uh robinson uh why why mitchell robinson i don't know why i couldn't yeah. think of his first name i mean that's a solid group i mean you had kemba walker a guy that can give you 20 a night I, I think that's the type of player that the knicks should look for and for whatever reason i just have this weird feeling that they're going to be like one of the top teams if kemba does get traded that's the team he goes to um but yeah regardless of if it's him or not i think that they're going to get someone this offseason whether it's a trade free agent, whatever. I think they showed enough where it's like, you know, they're promising. Thibodeau's there. He showed that, you know, he can coach that team to at least, you know, he can coach them to the playoffs and it's going to come down to the talent. You got to get more talent to make it past the first round. Yeah. A key to that team is they have a bunch of veteran guys in there. They need to keep the veteran guys and try to add a couple more like studs in there. Yeah. I agree. Uh, the Hawks, though, big upset in Game One against Philly in the second round. Uh, that's going to be a series to watch. I, you know, Trey Young and the Hawks. I mean, the Hawk Hawks are hot. Hawks are hot. Yep. They got a great young core. They got Capella. John Collins is a stud. That's why I wanted him this year. That's the that's the guy the Celtics missed out. Like one of the guys they missed out on. That's yeah. He's a stud. Uh, and plus Trey Young. Trey Young's born for the playoffs, dude. He right. was born for the bright lights. He like right. it. Every single game. I mean, there he hasn't had like you know, not every game he shot like beautifully. I mean, there I think there was one game against the Knicks where he shot like five for twenty. But like, 
regardless of whether he's shooting the ball or not, like he, you feel his presence. Like he makes a difference when he's out on the court, whether it's, you know, spacing, you have to have guys doubling him deep. The guy can hit shots from 30, 35 feet away. The guy's got Steph Curry range. The guy's got Damian Lillard range. Like the in guy the can gym. shoot. In the, in the dude, gym range. The guy yeah, can anywhere. shoot anywhere on the court. Like he, he's a special talent. Uh, I, I act, I'm not the biggest fan of his style of play, but I respect it. That's the way the NBA is nowadays, and he he takes advantage of it. He's a great, great player. Yeah, and I I saw this uh, tweet the other day. It was like a picture of him and Luca, and it said probably the most even trade in NBA history. It probably is. Honestly, like they, you know what? Can I? It, it is even. It, it is even. But like, let's not let's not act like Luka Doncic isn't still head and shoulders better than Trey Young. I mean, don't get me wrong. Trey Young is a special player, but Luka Doncic is borderline top five in the NBA. Trey Young, I'd argue that he's top 15, but like it's a fair trade for both sides. They got, they, they each got their cornerstone. They got each got their franchise player, but in that sense, Luka Doncic is still much, much better than Trey Young. That's that's my my opinion on that. Luca was my MVP pick preseason. He was my really? I thought I thought he was gonna take it up an even bigger notch and I thought he was gonna he was as you looked at his stats last year, like it wasn't too far off from an MVP season, like like close to a triple double range. Yeah. Kind of. And I thought it's he was just, gonna do it, but it's tough, dude. The way the in the NBA now, there's just so many talented players. Like this yeah. year, like if 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 get if LeBron James stayed healthy, if Kem Durant stayed healthy. You would have had a four-man race. You would have been Jokic, Embiid, LeBron, and um, Durant. I think Jokic is going to win it because he stayed healthy all year and he right. he should be the MVP. Sure. Um, but like Luca, you could have thrown his name in the bat. Damian Lillard could have made a case too towards the end of the year. I mean, Neil, yeah, Riley dude. Neil. I mean, there's a ton of guys that like in the Steph. upcoming talent too. Steph. I put money down on Steph to win the MVP oh, for man. the year started. So don't. I, I, he's not going to win it. If I he if he somehow somehow just snuck in and won that award this year, you bring me on the show. Bring me. I would be. You would never see me happier than you would during that time, bro. Like, yeah, but like you you keep throwing names out there. Like, there's just so many. Jason Tatum. Like, I'm I'm not saying this as a Celtics fan, but like in the next few years, his name is going to be thrown in that bag too. You know what I mean? Like, there's just so many talented players nowadays. Russell Westbrook averaging a triple double not even getting mentioned in the MVP yeah. race. You know what I mean? But like years ago, he was the MVP because he got triple double. Right. It's, it's crazy, dude. It's so hard to predict who's going to win the MVP award and, you know, make those kinds of predictions. It really is tough. It's, it's a close, like the talent just keeps getting more and more. It's like, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's good there's for the- been more, there's more 20 plus point per game scores this year than there ever was. There were, I think it was seven or eight rookies that shot above 37% from three this year. And that smashed the last record out of the water. Like the, there's just so much talent nowadays. And mm-hmm. I, this is kind of going off the rails a little bit, but I, I've been thinking about this with some of my friends and stuff. It's like, it makes me think that not in the foreseeable future, but maybe down the line, like maybe 10, 15 years from now, it wouldn't shock me if the NBA brought in an, a third round of the draft. Because, dude, there's so many talented guys that go undrafted nowadays. Like, you could get a steal. I mean, Taco Fall was undrafted, but, like, I'm just using him top of the head. Um, there are so many talented guys that yeah. don't go drafted. And it's, like, just the way that the, the G League is taking a step yeah, forward now. I was going to say they're, they're trying to build the G League. It would make sense. Exactly. 
So you're going to have guys overseas too. Like, I mean, from what we've seen, guys like Luka Doncic, LaMelo Ball, I mean, now guys from overseas are going to be attractive to get into the draft. College, the G League, I mean, there's just going to be talent coming from all different directions. So that's what – it makes me think that something like that could happen down the line, not in the near future, but, like, it's it's just crazy how much talent there is now. It really is. They used to have, like – like 16 rounds in the yeah it used to be different back then yeah it used to be a lot different one one of the referees in our like one of the men's league i was was drafted and he was like really late, yeah he's the he was like a thousand point score at villanova and he Damn. just he's just he like he i think he something happened to his like knee or something and he didn't really play like he gotcha. didn't have a longer career but um like he'll just go out there randomly before a game. He can hit anything on the court. It's like unbelievable. He's like that's an older crazy. dude. He still can hit any shot. But yeah, I, you know, that's an interesting like proposal. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did it because there is a lot of talent going undrafted, and a lot of the guys that don't get drafted say, "Hey, I'm gonna go make some money over in, um, oh, in Europe and play Euroball." Yep. Like uh, we had uh, Dennis Clifford on the pod, uh, BC Eagle. Uh, he he went over and he's playing overseas. He's like, you know, just to keep playing and make some money. It's like they, they, and it's growing over there too. European basketball is growing. It's, it is starting to pop off more. Cause I think those names, like those big names, like the Lucas, the Lamellos, like that's attracting people. It makes me think like, you know, if I'm a young athlete, like the G league now, this was before the G league started to do their own thing. I'm thinking like, listen, do you go to college for a year? Like make, no money and like you know play behind next to guys like and you're playing a guys that maybe are below your skill level or whatever or do you go overseas where one you make uh legal money um mm-hmm. and you're going up against professionals like you're going up against grown men like that's why i think guys like luca and Lamelo, like they came into the league and they were ready right away like there was right. no like there was no time where it was like they had to adjust or anything like that like they just went right in no bumps nothing that's because they've been going up against professional. Like, Luca was playing professional basketball when he was 15. Like, right. when you're going up against professionals for two, three years, you're, you're going to be good at what you do when you go into right. the actual league when you're 18, you know? And same with LaMelo. I mean, he's only played one year. But, um, yeah, it's interesting to see um, how that's going to play out over the next few years. Now college, they're going to have to start play- paying their guys. They've already started, you know, the notion to um, – or the motion to – you know, pay players based off of their likely uh, their names, video games, this and that. Right. Um, but now that the G League's paying guys 500k a year. I mean, it's going to change a lot of stuff over the next few years. So I'm very curious to see how that plays out. Especially if they get rid of the one and done rule. Um, right. They, that will change. Right. Yeah. A lot once of you start, too. once kids can start going out of high school, and that's going to change a lot too. Absolutely. Um. Looking at the other series, Jazz, I mean, beat the Grizz. We weren't too surprised about that. Uh, and they're taking on the Clippers in uh, round two, which Clippers had an exciting one get, uh, series against the Mavs, went to seven. Uh, Luka was unbelievable. Uh, Kawhi turned it on in the end of the series, but, uh, you know, question marks on the Clippers. And then the Suns demoralized the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James. Um, Crazy. That was like a lot of people are questioning LeBron. Like they're saying, does he still have? I mean, it's LeBron James, so I'm not too worried about. It's it's one of those things. It's just like Tom Brady. You can't say anything negative about him because they'll just come back next year. I I think the Lakers, they're fine. I mean, they're two top guys. Anthony Davis, just I mean, 
from him being taken out five minutes into the game, he wasn't healthy. He wasn't nearly 100%. LeBron probably wasn't 100% either. Um, it was just, honestly, it was a weird year. It was a weird year for basketball, the NBA, just so many injuries this year. I think, you know, having such a small amount of time off between the end of last year to the beginning of this year, players didn't really get a chance to rest their bodies. There have been more injuries this past year than there have been in, you know, God knows how many years. Like, it's just, I don't think that players, they're not conditioned to, you know, take such a little time off. They're used to taking, you know, five, six months off getting that off season work in healing up their injuries. And, you know, someone like LeBron, I mean, listen, we praise LeBron. He's a machine. He's a robot, been able to dominate for so long, but at the end of the day, he's still 36, right? You, you can't go around that, you know, father time catches up to everyone and as great as he still is. I mean, listen, it's, he's going to need more than 60 days to rest his body. You know, that it's just, that's how it is. So I think that the Lakers are going to be fine. I think that they're going to just strip strip their roster, obviously keep LeBron AD and just build around those guys and go go back for the title next year. That's what I think is going to happen. I don't I, I knew they were going to win one title, those two together. I don't think I think the window's kind of closing depending on what the offseason they have. Right. Like it's easy to say now, but you know, they could end up adding Damian Lillard. And then it's like, you know, right. Who knows? Yeah. But I'm glad if that is their one title, I'm glad they won the asterisk title uh, in the bubble. (laughs) The the Mickey Mouse title. Yeah. I'm glad they can hang their hat on that one. Um, And the last series, the Nuggets are taking on the Suns. I I just, um, the Suns would beat the Lakers, which the Suns are my, uh, Danny football has been saying it all year long. No, no, no. Don't claim the Suns. That's my team. I, I, I'm jump, I've jumped on the trade. I said they were going to be I, a good team, and now, now they can mount LeBron's head on their mantle. I am jumping on the band. I already jumped on the bandwagon weeks ago. I listened to what you said. I was they on won months me. ago, my man. I, 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 I'm not saying you weren't. I'm not saying you weren't. I just said I'm jumping on the bandwagon a while ago. When I saw the Celtics weren't doing it, I was like, this is my pick. They've it would got be me pretty sweet. It would be pretty sweet seeing Chris Paul win a championship, not only just in general, but on that team. I mean, he turned that franchise around. I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Like, obviously, um, the Suns, you know, I think they were riding the wave of that. They're 8-0 in the bubble. And I think, you know, they were going to come into the season with a fire lit underneath them regardless. But Chris Paul, I mean, you want to talk about guys that should be in the MVP conversation. Chris Paul doesn't get talked about enough. I mean, the guy quite literally – took a franchise from being a laughingstock for 10, 11 years to being the number two seed in the Western Conference, the second best team in the NBA record, uh, or maybe third best team record-wise. Regardless, mm-hmm. second best team in the West. That, that That's not nothing. That's, that the, says uh, something. He did it with the Thunder last year, too. That the, was Thunder had a point z- the Thunder had a .9% chance of making the playoffs. Everyone counted them out. The and they made it to the, what was it, the sixth seed, I think they were, or the fifth seed or something, yeah, something like, like that. that. Chris Paul, wherever he goes, winning follows him. That's, yeah. that's the definition of a most valuable player. The Thunder why, had to give him away just so they could start. They traded for him to lose games, and they had and to they trade won. They, for they nothing won. to start losing. They were like, man, to lose. Uh, yeah, they, he's unbelievable. They, he should be they in the- couldn't. They couldn't have paired Devin Booker with a better teammate. Him and right. Aiton needed someone like Chris Paul. Like, you know, as talented as those guys are, especially Devin Booker, 
you still need that veteran. You still need that guy that's been there before. Like, obviously, he's never been to the finals. He's never won a ring. But, like, he's been to the Game 7s. He's gone up against some of the best teams of all time, the, the Golden State Warriors. He knows what it takes to, you know, beat these teams, you know, in individual games or make it to that point. Devin Booker never made it to the playoffs in his career. DeAndre in, you know, only a few years in the league at this point, they needed someone like that. And someone like Chris Paul just elevate, take them to the next level. Devin Booker in the playoffs has been oh, just a beautiful, just a beauty to watch. I love his game. I love the way Devin Booker plays. I'm so happy that he's starting to finally get his recognition because he's been averaging 26, 25, 26 a game for the last four right. years. No one talks about him. He literally – only made the all-star game this past year because Anthony Davis got hurt. That's ridiculous. He should have been no question an all-star player. He doesn't get the respect that he deserves. And now that, you know, the Suns are doing well, he finally is getting that recognition. And I couldn't be happier for him. I think, I think the Suns are kind of similar to what the Celtics need. And those two young guys, they, the Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown need that veteran guy to come in. Oh, that's hungry. Yeah. And they, yeah, that's you been swap there. out you swap out Kemba Walker for Chris Paul, we 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 still be in the playoffs. Yeah. I'd, I'll say it, we'd still be in the playoffs. Chris Paul would just take the Celtics to another level, and it's a pipe dream. I know it's a pipe dream, but if he ever ended up on the Celtics, guys, that would be the second happiest you'd see me besides Steph Curry winning the MVP this year. <laughs> he opting out. Rumor has he's it he's opting out. He's opting out. We'll see yeah. what happens. I'm gonna we get have a lot zero of cap space. Yeah, I don't. I when I say pipe dream, I really mean it. It's a, it's a pipe dream. <laughs> uh, but I think I think we'll just segue before we get into Celtics. We were kind of leaning that way. Let's get to our uh, one of our favorite segments: uh, picks of the week. So for picks of the week, we pick a game each week. Uh, Danny football is kind of kicking my butt during the NBA edition. Um, he's getting me back for football. Uh, Danny, <laughs> Danny football, what is your pick of the week today? I'm going to go Jazz over Clippers. Uh, I think the Clippers barely survived round one. And I think the Jazz are just too stacked, number one seed. And I think Donovan Mitchell is just going to take it to another level, man. He's, he's hungry after last year. I think they can get this done. So game one, set the tone. Game one or game two? Are we talking game one or game two? I think it's game one. Let me check. I think, yeah, we, I don't I think, think, I think I, they play game one tomorrow. Yeah. They play game one tomorrow. So you're going tomorrow's game. Correct. All right. Well, we got to make, make that stipulation. I thought you were going game two. I had you, I had you down as game two. Game one. Um. I'm going – I'm riding the Suns train, baby. I'm going game two, Suns over Nuggets. Um, I love that. We just talked about it. doesn't need to be said again. The Chris Paul train has left the station. Uh, Suns I'm going. Suns are going to go all the way. So I'm going um, Suns over Nuggets. Can I give you guys one? Oh, we're – yeah, 100%. Oh, we're good. I don't, how about this? I don't have one for you. I got three for you. Oh, three? the Nets! The Nets are sweeping the Bucks. We got a parlay wow. like this. We got a three. Uh, this is technically like a three, three games for the Nets because they got three yep. more. So this is a huge parlay. Yeah. So we're going Nets over Bucks sweep. Yep. Oh man, this is big money. <laughs> Should we go put this down at our our friends at Foxwoods? Or no, uh, do they have a sports book? 
No, I think, I think uh, we get, no, I'm not no, sure. Twin River has its fourth book. Twin River. We'll go down to Twin, Twin River. Throw this in. All right, so we got Bucks sweep the Nets. Uh, Nets sweep the Bucks. I think that's all of them. I think he's just calling well, the next three games. Oh, he's just calling the next three games. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Nets are sweeping them. Two, three, four, Nets are winning. All right, I like that's it. That's my prediction. I think the Bucks are over. Uh, I don't want to say they're overrated. I think Giannis is overrated, especially in the playoffs, dude. Your 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 star player can't be left open for three. Your star player can't not know how to do anything besides drive to the basket. Like I mean, when you're when you're most clutch player, the guy that you rely on to hit shots at the end of the game is Chris Middleton. Don't get me wrong, love Chris Middleton, thinks he's a great player, but if he's your most clutch player, your go-to guy in the clutch, you are not a championship contending team. I'm sorry. If, if your star player, Giannis, can't be hitting the shots at the end of the game, you, you can only go so far. Great yeah, it's not that far. Team. Great regular, Great regular season, team. season team. And yeah, I think that this is going to be as crazy as it sounds, because I know I said the Nets are going to sweep them. I think this is going to be their toughest matchup because the Bucks have just so many different bodies to throw at them, like to guard them. And obviously now James Harden, you know, he's out game two at least. Um, you know, they're going to have their work cut out for them, but I still think they sweep them. And if they win this round, I, whether it's the Sixers or the Hawks, we'll just say yeah. the Sixers because they're the top seed. They're not going to be able to even hold the Brooklyn Nets jock strap. Yeah, no, so no. no, it's not going to be close. No. Um, yeah, I like I like the I like the parlay. That's a first in Big Red's own history. A parlay hey. picks of the week. Well, all about first yeah. here. I love it. <laughs> um, so let's move on to the uh, Celtics. Uh, this yes, is sir. you know we had a big week in Celtics. We'll skip over the Nets part. Yeah, uh, what are you talking about? Uh, but big move day after we lost, which I think this move has been in the works for months. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Danny steps down as president of basketball operations and Brad, they said is promoted to take over for Danny and he's the new president and they're looking for a new head coach. Uh, what is your thoughts? Uh, we'll throw it out to the table. Uh, first on Danny stepping down as the president of basketball ops. Dante made a lot of good points. Um, when man, I wish when I didn't drop out, out Steve. So I'll let him, <laughs> him kind of reiterate what he was telling me. Uh, thank you, Zach. Thank you. Um, what I was saying was, you know, was it shocking to me that Danny Ainge stepped down? Not as shocking as it was with the timing. I, I you know, I think it was kind of written on the wall that something like this was going to happen. You know, a few years ago, we suffered a heart attack and he was talking about, you know, what does my future hold? You know, I got to start thinking about my family, my health, this and that. That's when I started to think, you know, the Celtics are one like drastic move. Like something's going to, ha- something will happen to the team where Danny Ainge is going to step down. I guess this was the case where them losing in the first round to Nets was the last draw for him. I do agree. This is something that they had planned out months months in advance this isn't something that you just decide on within 12 hours after losing in the season right um but i was more shocked that of all the people to replace him was brad stevens and not for nothing they also just you know quickly announced like 45 minutes after it's not like they waited it's like oh we're going to go through a process see what to do like they already had this figured out like brad stevens is going to be running the show that out of all the people that I could have guessed was going to be the new president of operations, he probably would have been one of the last guys, I guess. If you gave me a list yeah. of guys and Brad Stevens was on the list, I probably would have put him near the end um, because it's just a job he's never had before. Um, you know, he's just, he's always been a coach, Butler, Boston Celtics for eight years. 
Um, but at the same time, I'm cautiously optimistic that this is going to be a good position for him. And I say that because he's a very smart basketball guy. He knows his stuff. He knows his X's and O's. He knows everything about the sport of basketball. The guy talks about how he goes home and he watches basketball games. Like the guy lives and breathes right. basketball. Right. Um, and, you know, in college, you're part of the recruiting system. I think, you know, that could be, you know, that could help us out a lot, you know, being the GM, being able to recruit guys, this and that. Um, I, I'm not, I don't know how it's going to go at first because obviously we saw how Danny Ainge operated things for years, how it was like, Trader Danny just wheeling and dealing, but also not making deals unless it made the Celtics significantly better. Like he's not going to trade someone unless it's like lopsided. You know what I mean? Like that's right. just the way he's always been. Right. I don't know how Brad Stevens is. We None of us know how Brad Stevens operates. He could be like, okay, let's just hypothetical. Kemba Walker, you're putting him on the trade block and you get a team that will trade for him, but it's not necessarily a trade that will make you much better, if better at all. Danny Ainge would be like, you know what? No, we'll, we'll just hold on to what we have. Brad Stevens could be like, you know what? Fine. We'll just get rid of him. We'll just move on. You know what I mean? Right. So I can't make that judgment of how he's going to do because I, I don't know, you know what his mindset is, how he's going to operate in these situations. Um, and I was saying to Zach earlier too, like Danny Ainge like left Brad Stevens stuff to work with, but he also left him with a lot to work on. Like yeah. there's a lot of stuff that needs to be fixed on this team. Obviously you got the Jays, you got your Robert Williams, you got your Pritchards, you got your young guys, stuff that you can build around, but you also got those guys like Kemba could be on the trade block. Marcus Smart could be on the trade block. He got, he's got big decisions to make. So right. I, I guess we'll, it's just a, a wait and see thing. You see how the off season goes, how he, you know, how he handles the team, what moves he makes. Um, I'm optimistic that he can do well, but at the same time, you just got to wait and see. That's just all it is. Yeah. A lot of the points you had is the reasons I thought he would be good. You know, uh, not, I'm optimistic about it. You know, he does, he's had like history of recruiting. He's had to put together classes at Butler, which wasn't a main play. People weren't beating down the door to go to Butler. Right. Right. Had to like try to have to really work on the recruiting process. Um, He's made lemons out of dog crap. The first couple of years he was in with the Celtics. Dude, and he turned Isaiah Thomas to an MVP candidate. I right. Mean, come right. on. Um, and, you know, I've heard a lot of rumors that, like, when I say I think this was planned, I think Danny and him already had this plan and Wick. I think they all decided, like, look, Dan, at the end of the year or maybe within the next year, I, I think he's, I'm going to step down and I think Brad would be a good person. I'm going to start showing him stuff as this season goes on. Right. He's been in all the draft rooms. He's been in the war rooms. He's seen how Danny's kind of operated stuff. Um, so I think this move is this, I think Brad being the next guy has been in the works for a long time. Uh, and I'm optimistic, you know, like you said, it's kind of a waiting game. We'll wait and see. Uh, the first, first thing is we'll judge it by who he picks to be the next head coach. Like that's going to be a big judge. Um, And the other thing is, you know, a lot of people are saying this is a quick fix. We're going to hire Brad for a year or two and he's going to get us into the next GM. I don't get that at all. Like I, I, people like a lot of people have said that. And I really don't understand that because Wick has just talked about how much he loves Brad. He thinks Mm -hmm. he's a great coach. He's one of the best coaches ever. He is one of the best basketball minds. 
Um, he did. He wasn't going to fire Brad, like, no matter what the season. Like, he's our guy. He's the best coach, you know, ever. I don't see how you go from that and then a year from now saying, we're going to move on and going to find a new GM and we have our head coach. I, like, right. they, wouldn't, they wouldn't part ways to get a new head coach. They, like, they had to do this to keep him in. So, I don't foresee – unless he completely bombs and he just hires Jason Kidd and he oh. – uh, Jason and Jalen, like unless he completely torches the franchise, I think Brad is here to stay for a while. Um, and you got to give a GM, a president of operations, a couple years to kind of build the team. Like you I agree, just give I him agree. a year and say, especially when you're leaving him with what he's left with. Right. You got to give him, you got to give him time to work with it to operate. It's not can it can it turn upside down in one year? Could you flip the switch and go from the team you are now to being a championship contender? Sure, that's a long shot. That could happen, but being realistic, that's not going to happen. It, that's not something that happens for a, a year or two. I think Celtics fans kind of get have to get used to this idea, but we're now – it's hard because we just got out of it, but we're in a rebuild right now. Like, there's no – like, you have your corner – like, I think we are. We have uh, our two cornerstone pieces. That's, like, you're building your team around. You're right. And you just got a new president. You're getting a new head coach. You have a bunch of young guys and a bunch of assets. It's time to start building it up and trying to get a championship team because I can't, I, I, I can't stand another year of our bench being first, second, and third-year players that would be like right. a last guy on the bench. And, you know, going off of that, even if we are in a rebuild or not, the toughest part about building a championship team is getting your superstar. The Celtics have – they're right. at least borderline superstar and another guy who's coming into his own, who's an all-star right. talent, who could be all NBA. He was playing at an all NBA level for like half of the year. Um, so it's like you, that hard part is done. All you have to do is find guys that work around that guys right. that can play defense that can shoot three. The mat, like what the Sixers did with Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, that was perfect. Like, I'm not saying, like, the Sixers are going to win the championship and not whatever, but, like, they did it right. the right way. Like, that, right. you got to surround your best players with guys that complement them, not guys that can take over games. Well, that would help. But what I'm saying is, like, you got your guys that take over games, that take a bulk of the shots. Just right. give guys that they can make better, the shooters that they can leave open in the corners, guys that can play defense. That's so, like – not saying it's easy. Nothing like that is easy, but like the hardest part is done. You just got to figure it, fill all the rest of the holes and stuff like that. And you're good. You're solid. You're really, you're, veter I mean, veteran guys to fill roles in that team. That's that they're they far. It's, it's a weird situation. Cause like you're far off from being like in the same tier as like a Brooklyn Nets, but at the same time, you're really not that far off. You know what I mean? Like you're, far, I would say they're far off in a sense where they need that. They need that third head to the three-headed monster sure. and they need they need a bunch of role players but they're really like in the difficulty to do that i i it goes back and forth like i don't feel it, like it's that hard but it's also we haven't done it in three years right right so, like, exactly and i think we're in the we're on the same right. page there like it should be something that could be done but at the same right. time we we've seen it over the last few years they have not been able to do that and now, like, financially, I was looking at the salary cap and stuff like that, looking like, oh, right, who's Brad going to get? We have not a lot of room. We really are kind of backed into a corner. Like, we kind of let those years of having Jason and Jalen on rookie contracts go by, and now yep. they're making big boy money. Now we got to find a third option, which is the Kemba spot. 
Mm-hmm. But we need, and you can't just trade him for a first round pick and you get that $30 million in cap space. It works. It's not, it doesn't work like that. So you need to go use that contract and use that. I love Kemba, but it's time to part ways. And you got to find a way to find a player that's, I think you got to look to a rebuilding team that's looking to build through the draft and use that in the contract. Kind of like what the Al Horford, how Philly did that with Al Horford. Right. It's right. got to be the same same mentality. Like, they got to look for, like I said, maybe the Wizards, maybe the Blazers. Look for those teams that are ready to – I, the Dame thing I, I jumped on first, so I'm, I'm going stick, to stick to my guns on this. I said it way before everyone was saying, oh, Dame would to the Celtics. So I got to stay on it. It's, it's a pipe dream for him to come to the Celtics, but it's still a possibility. But that's what I'm talking about. Use the $30 million for a guy like that. Plus, putting in picks, putting in young guys to help rebuild that team, and you right. get your superstar to kind of fit in the third role. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm not getting caught up in the Damian Lillard talk. I saw a few things that came out today saying the Celtics would be a team that's in the mix. I'm not getting caught up in that stuff, but I'm going to say this, and I guess it'll pose the question getting Damian Lillard is going to cost you Jalen Brown. There is no way of going around it. There, there's, there's no way of going around it. Would you be willing to? Jalen Brown, few young guys, four picks. We'll just say four first round picks to get Lillard. Would you do that? Because I don't think you trade for Lillard without getting rid of Jalen Brown. It's it, listen. It's wishful thinking of saying Kemba Walker and attach young guys this and that picks. But like, I don't think that Blazers would do that. I don't think I, they would. I think. I mean, it depends on where the Blazers' heads and space is at. If, sure. if the Blazers are totally in on like, let's rebuild this franchise they just go rid of the head coach if they're like look it's not working dame is our like we love dame but we gotta start looking on to the future you may be able to get away with kemba maybe throwing in i like rob williams who's a star center that good Mm -hmm. young centerpiece um maybe throw in like you know, I think they should capitalize. I, I don't know if they, this is like the saving grace, but they should capitalize on Peyton Pritchard this season and trade him away because mm-hmm. he's not going to get any better. This is the height I think he's going to be at. So maybe you throw Peyton Pritchard, do what they, the, the Heat should have done with Tyler Hero and trade him away. Maybe yeah. you throw, you know, either Naismith or uh, Lankford, who I think people are giving up on Lankford, man. I think he's not, I think he's going to be he's, pretty good. He just needs to stay healthy. Right. And then you throw in a ton of picks. I think that gets the job done. And if they're totally, if they're into a, the mindset of like, we don't want to totally like, we don't want to try to go for the first pick overall, then you're right. You're going to have to give up Jalen in the trade. Like yeah. that's what's the only thing that's going to happen. But I think teams like the wizards and if the trailblazers are going to go all in on it, I think you can get away with not giving up Jalen. I think you could, Seriously, get away with giving up Kemba to the Wizards. I think you could. I think you would to get to get Bradley Beal. Yeah, I think you seriously could because I don't. Does Jalen Brown make them like significantly like put them in a better spot if they get rid of Beal? Like I don't. I don't think they do. I think it stays the same, and they're going to be a playoff team now. So, I think they want to lose. Like if I'm the Wizards, Beal's not doing us anything. He's helping us get a worse draft pick. So let's. Let's like really stink, get a top three pick, and let's try to get a top guy in the draft. You know what I mean? Right. No, I think that there would be, I think there's a better chance of something like that happening with right. the Wizards than the Blazers. I think right. uh, it's just 
Because I think about, too, like, not just what the Celtics were offering them, but you have to think about what other teams are going to offer them as well. Right. Like, let's say the Knicks get involved and they offer three first-round picks and R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson. You're going to get a young talent or whatever you think of R.J. Barrett, whatever, but, like, right. it's a young talent. So, it's like you, you got to look at, like, being able to one-up another team. So, like, let's say the Knicks, the, the we're offering them the same package you just said. Kemba Walker, young guys, picks, this and that. And then they get an offer from the Knicks and they go, listen, we like your offer, but we like the fact that the Knicks are giving us a young talent. You give us Jalen Brown, clean up the package a little bit. We'll accept your offer. Yeah, I would do it. Listen, I love Jalen Brown. Yeah. I am a big Jalen Brown guy. I think he's great for the city of Boston. I think he's great for the team. But Damian Lillard is a guy that can win you championships. You put him and Jason Tatum next to each other. I'm going to feel a lot better about the Celtics moving forward than what Jalen and Jason. And I hate to say that about Jalen. Yeah. I'm not trying to knack him in any way. I love no. the guy. Damian Lillard like, is one of the most clutch players in the league right now. But... I think he's, uh, you can argue that he's going to go down as one of the most clutch players of all time. Like, the way the guy steps up at the end of games, I mean, it, it's, it truly is unbelievable. I, it's such a shame that the Blazers haven't really been able to give him the support that he truly needs. I mean, you got McCollum, and he's a great player. You got Nurkic. He's a great center. But, like, he it's can't just not enough. Healthy. It's not not yeah, and that too. I mean, McCollum missed time this year. Nurkic missed a bunch of time. It's tough. I, I think at some point, Damian Lillard is going to get out, and you know, Boston could be in the mix. But it'll be interesting to see what other teams offer. Right. Um. I the thing I've heard, like so far, and I mean, it's so early. I um. Uh, I'm not especially after the Julio Jones miss out. I can't get my hopes up for any big play. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the that's the thing with the Celtics too, dude. Like you know how many the past five, six years, it's been like, oh, like this guy's available. The Celtics are in the mix to get him and nothing happens. That's yeah. why I don't listen to these things. I, I don't believe it until I actually see it. Yeah. So I, I'm not even going to get caught up with it anyways. I'm going into next season with the impression that we're going to have Jason and Jalen. Everyone else, I think, is, you know, not untouchable. They're not. I think I honestly think Tatum's the only guy that's untouchable. Brown can be dealt at the right price, but yeah. I think it's it, it would take a Bradley Beal or a Damian Lillard to get him away from Boston. I would need those kind of players with the years. Cause the thing about Jalen Brown is you have years of control right. with him. Lillard, like, Lillard, I think he either great? just started his extension or it's going to start next year. He has four years left on his deal starting, starting next year. Yeah. So that's the so, only reason I'd say like Jalen Brown, I'm leaning towards like, I would think of, like, I would probably do it just because he has four years of control sure. and Jalen has four years. I'm not going right. to do it for a guy that has one year or two years of control. No, I, Dude, I mean, listen, right. if we wanted to do that, we could have gotten Kawhi. We could have gotten Paul right. George. We could have gotten Anthony Davis, but we're not like that. We're not going to mortgage away a guy that could be here for more than one year just right. for someone like that. That doesn't make sense. Right. Um, we, uh, we, before we uh, get into players, for coaches, who's your top pick? You can go around um, the panel. What's oh, the I have to pick? go grab my charger really quick. Sorry, right, guys. Go ahead. Danny How Football, when we're waiting uh, for Dante to get his charger, who's your top pick for coach to replace Brad Stevens? Uh, I'm going to say no to Jason Kidd. I'm not a big Jason Kidd guy. Heck no. proven that he can't do it at this level. Um, I've seen Chauncey Billups. I don't know how I feel about Chauncey. Uh, I've seen Sam Cassell. Again, these are kind of unproven guys, but I guess Brad was also. So it's kind of a mixed bag. Um, I've seen Becky Hammond down in uh, 
San Antonio tossed around. I know she's a pop disciple, and I know um, Brad has had nothing but good things to say about her. So my front runner, I'd lean Chauncey Billups. He has a history with Boston. We did draft him, so it would kind of be a coming home for him. So I'll say Chauncey, but honestly, it's a wide open door. I I wouldn't be I I I don't think there would be a hire that would really get me down. My I'm between I'd be happy with any of four people, but I'm leaning on two. Uh, my four, as you mentioned, Chauncey Billups for the reason you said, Becky Hammond, yeah. Sam Cassell is one of the two main, main people that I lean towards that I hope they hire. Mainly being he's been an assistant for over 10 years. He's a doc disciple. Like he's been, he won a championship here. He knows the history. Uh, he's had time to learn. He's been on playoff teams. He hasn't won it, but he's been on good playoff teams. I just think he's had longer coaching experience. If you look in between, because I kind of look at, you know, I think of all the people he's had the most assistant years. Uh, I got to go with him. And the other person is Kara Lawson. For yeah, the simple Kara, was a, Kara was another one I was thinking of. Uh, Boston, you know, has the experience there. And I'll tell you, she has the respect and the attention of Jason and Jalen, which I think is so incredibly important going into the next phase of the Boston Celtics tenure. Because those are your two guys, as we just said, you got to have someone that one, they like and they respect and two that, you know, they can get the most, this coach can get the most out of them. So I'm leading those two. I'd be fine with any of the four. I will not be fine if Jason Kidd is the next head coach of the Boston Celtics, even if it means getting me Damian Lillard, because Damian Lillard for some reason said he wants Jason Kidd to be his next head coach. I don't know why, but I don't care if, he, he'll only play for Jay Kidd. I do not want Jason Kidd as my head coach. Absolutely not. Yeah, I think we're we all in agreement there. The last guy I want is Jason Kidd. Yeah. Um, I think my top picks, I'm going to – I, I kind of – I was getting my charger, my mic, so I, I kind of didn't hear everything. But I have four people that I'd like the Celtic. I, if, if it's any four of these people, I'd be totally fine with any of them. Sam Cassell is probably my number one option. Yeah, He was on the championship team back in no way. Kevin Garnett said he was actually the member of the big three and not Ray Allen because <laughs> that. he's the one that attended all their events. He was, uh, you know, a great teammate, this and that. So I like Sam Cassell. Um, Chauncey Billups doesn't have much coaching experience. Doesn't have. That's you know, my that, one knock. That's my yeah, one that's, he, it's his first year as an assistant coach on the Clippers. So that's the only thing there. But I don't think it would be a bad, you know, I wouldn't be too upset about it. I think he can be a great head coach because he's, he's got the brains for it. Won a championship, great teammate, great player, um, knows his stuff. So I wouldn't mind him. And then Becky Hammond, who I would, I think, honestly, she'd probably – Harry and Sam Cassell are probably my one and two, to be honest with you. But I say, Becky, I don't think that's going to happen because I do believe that she is going to eventually be the head coach of the Spurs. I think eventually Greg Popovich will step down. She'll take his place. I I think that's what's going on there. Um, And then Carol Lawson. I mean, Celtics assistant, you you guys said it, has the respect of the Jays. Um, Obviously, she knows her stuff. And I think any four of those people, I'd probably go Cassell, Cassell, Becky, Lawson, and Billups. But like I said, if it's one of those four, I wouldn't be mad with, with any of them. I completely agree. That The only reason I put Lawson three, actually, not Lawson, uh, Hammond three, 
was for the exact reason. I don't know if she really wants to come to like, she's only been with San Antonio and it just seems right that she's going to be the heir to pop. Like that's the, that's how it's feeling for me. So I, it depends on who she wants to go to really. If she wants a head coaching job now, I think the Celtics would be willing to offer her the job. Yeah. But I think, I think it's all the writings on the wall for her to be the heir to pop. You're right. I, I agree with that. But, you know, at the same time, you know, when you're offered a head coaching position, especially right. for a franchise like the Celtics, it, you, you have to think about it. And another right. thing, money talks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, true. you know, I mean, yeah. listen, I, I, I agree with you hundred percent. I think it's at the end of the day, Becky Hammond is going to stay in San Antonio, be the heir to Greg Popovich. I just think that's how it's going to be. But you know, who says the Celtics don't offer her like, you know, like six, seven mil a year. And you know, yeah. uh, she's like, that's, it's hard to turn down. You yeah. have an opportunity to coach, uh, you know, two bona fide superstars, at least one bona fide superstar, one of that's on the up and coming being a superstar. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, you know, obviously you have it made in San Antonio. You're you, you're in line to be the next head coach, but like that's a that's still a great opportunity. And I don't think I think Greg Popovich would totally understand if she right. you know decided to take that job. I don't think that would be a problem there. And no um, offense to the Spurs, but which franchise would you rather jump in bed with right now? Like the Spurs are like, look terrible. Right. Like there, there's, there's no, I mean, they got that. Um, what's his name? Um, was it Murray? DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Murray. So, I mean, they got like a young star there, like stud there. They're yep. going to get someone else in the draft this year. Um, but that's pretty much it. They don't yeah. really got much on that team. And yeah. if Pop could jet out in the next year and Becky's the next head coach, she's going to be left with the first two or three years of her tenure right. there with just right. dog crap. Like, it's like she's going to be a non-playoff team. So yeah. would you rather do that or come to Boston and be in an equally sto- – probably more storied franchise and get two super, like two young studs in the league? So Right. Um, yeah, you hit, my ground, one, you hit the ground running in Boston too. Yeah, you know, I, I think mean, it, you got something to work with. I, the silent one is uh, Sam Cassell. He he was my when I heard Brad was becoming the president. He was the first guy I thought of because mm-hmm. I just think he's done it. He's been a head. He's been an assistant for like twelve years. Yep. So it's like he has the experience. He has a lot of experience. So smart uh, mind. I wouldn't yeah. mind him. He's not. He's my top option. But like I said, any four of those people, right. I'm cool with. As long as it's not Jason Kidd, I'm cool with yeah. it. <laughs> and as much as I like them, they can't hire one of Brad's Jay Levant. No, was on, they no, can't you, hire. Oh, no, you got it. You got fresh face, fresh yeah, start. You, you can't, can't be, you can't keep it in the system. I mean, listen, Brad Stevens, you know, we, there's many reasons why the Celtics season went the way it was, but you just Brad Stevens. It wasn't just him. The entire coaching staff, they're all in the locker room. You got to get someone brand new, someone yeah. that isn't in that locker room, someone that can just not, not a culture change here. I'm not trying to make it like a big drastic change like that, but right. just a fresh face. You, you don't want right. to keep it in, in house, get someone new. And that's why I think Kara Lawson too. Cause she kind of embodies both of that. She's like, right. She's from there, right. but she wasn't here. She last went year. off to Duke. And then yeah. exactly. No, I agree so, with that. So I, like I said, any of those four, don't screw this up, Brad. Does any of those four bring them, bring them in. Um, beside head coaching position uh, real quick. We'll start with Danny. What's the first thing you think Brad should do player wise? What's the first thing Brad's got to do? It could be a free agent signing a trade. What do you think he does? What's the first thing on the agenda after head coach has checked off his list? What does he got to do? 
I think the second check on his list needs to be seeing if he can trade Kemba, um, whether it's for a superstar like Dame or Beal. Um, see, kind of feel out the market on that. But even if you can't get a superstar, seeing if you can get kind of anything for him and kind of get the money off the books. So I think his second thing should be see if I if there's any sort of market for Kemba, if I can make any trades, um, and kind of kind of move him along, um, and then after that. You know, I'm sure it's filling up the bench and um, finding finding guys from there. But I think second needs to be w- seeing what he can do with the Kemba deal. Yeah, not yeah. a bad. I'm 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 with you with that. My thing would be re-sign Aaron, uh, Fournier. I think that's a big. I think he helps expedite filling this roster up around the Jays. Mm-hmm. I think he's a. He's not a third option. He's not a star. I, I don't like him in the starting group. I love him coming off the bench. I think that's a, and a guy that you can put in closing minutes. He's a, he's a clutch guy. Like say what you want about him. He hits big shots and big moments. Like he's a veteran guy that you can put in at the end of the game that can knock down shots. Um, and I think he's, I think he's good for filling out the bench. Like he's, you need him on that team. So I think that's gotta be one thing Brad's gotta do. And I think, having experience. This is one thing that's both a positive and negative towards Brad having coached these guys. I think he has that relationship with him where he wants to resign him. And I think that we'll, you know, try to work hard to get him resigned. But 48, I think it's got to be the second box checked for Brad this off season. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to agree with Zach here. It's easier said than done, but I think figuring out what you're doing with Kemba and that money is priority number one, because from, you know, the first day of free agency, whatever, when you can make the move, you know, you got to figure out whether or not you're going to get rid of that money and you can have something to work, you know, you can work around it, you know, whether it let's just say salary dump, you just get nothing in return. You just get the money off the books. You know, now you can work around what you have now or whether it's you're swapping him with someone else, at least, you know, the direction that you're going in. You right. just got to figure out what you're doing with Kemba first and whether you're going to keep him, trade him, whatever it may be, because you got to figure out what you're going to do with that money, whether it's absorbing another contract, getting rid of it, whatever it may right. be. I'm not against, I, I do want to bring back Fournier. I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I do agree that that is something that they need to take care of, yeah. but I think they need to figure out their, the question marks, figure out, the unknowns with the team first. And I think Fournier will still be there. I think the Celtics will offer him what he wants. I think that, you know, the reason why he was starting so much is because of the injuries that the Celtics had and generally he would be the guy that comes off the bench. So I do believe that he will be, you know, a phenomenal bench piece for the Celtics. He just, he was just from this first day, he stepped foot in Boston. That guy's luck just went down the drain because missed a few games, false positive for COVID comes back you know, goes over 10 the first game and has two straight good games. Then he actually gets COVID yeah. out for two, three weeks, comes back. And he, him and Brad Stevens are like, he literally was saying like, I thought I had, a, I felt like I was just playing through a concussion for weeks. He said he was right. so out of it. His head was in a fog, just didn't really feel right. And you could tell by the way he was playing that right. he was telling the truth, that he just did not look right. And then he, you know, he started picking it up, had those games. Um, I do think he is an important building block going forward i do think he is someone we talked about players that complement jason and jalen he is certainly one of those players um i think that that is definitely a priority for the celtics but i do believe they just need to you know figure out those answer the questions the figure out those question marks first and then then you can get to that right i also 
a selfish thing on my checklist is I need to get one of, if not both, Grant Williams and Semi Ojale off this roster. Oh, I you're not selfish by saying that. I, you got to get rid of But I don't care if you trade them or not or cut them. Get rid of them. I get can't see Grant, Semi, Carson, uh, Tremont. Get, uh, I don't mind Tremont. Tr- Tremont Tremont's okay. Really you can keep him on the roster. You can keep him on the roster. But Carson, Grant, and Semi, I do not want to see them on the team next year. If I have to see it one more semi ogile corner three, I'm going to lose it. I can't, I can't watch him miss another corner three. Romeo Lankford's filling that void just fine, missing a bunch mm-hmm. of open corner three. <laughs> I, I can't take semi ogile shooting anymore. I really, they yeah. would just leave him open. It was four and five. It was five, like five on four most of the game on offense. It was just terrible. And then Grant Williams, you know, I loved him after his rookie year. Like his rookie year, he had such a good, like I, he was a good piece. This year, I don't yeah. know what happened, man. I think he just came back to earth, and it was that's, you know, why I kind of lead trade Pritchard away right now before he he comes back to earth. So, right. Uh, but yeah, semi ogile I need off the Celtics team. I, I you know I like him, but I just can't I can't take seeing him shoot anymore. Yeah. They just have to strip their bench clean, besides a few guys, and then just you know fill in those roles. That's all it comes to. I'd like to see Neesmith come back. I I've, I've been high on him since we drafted him. I think he has yeah. a ton of potential. Obviously, you know, if you can get something like really good in return that makes your team better, you do it. But like I do see the upside in Neesmith and I he showed it at the end of the year. Um, you know, obviously like guys like I understand what you're saying with Pritchard. I'm not disagreeing with you, but it's not one of those things. I'm not just going to do it to do it. Like if you can't get anything for him. Oh, no, no, no. You know I, I mean? wouldn't I would say like I would try to leverage like last year when we heard when James Harden was on the market, yep. the heat were in there and they said, we, they think one of the things that turned the heat, uh, the rockets off to the, the heat was because they said no Tyler hero. Yeah. The, I view him very similar to Tyler hero. Like it, like if he's like a, if he's a piece they want, and for a superstar, I'm putting him in right away. Sure. Like if it keeps me right. from, if I can make a package around Kemba and young guys and Pritchard's one of the main young guys people want, hundred sure. yeah. percent, I'm putting I'm, him in there. I'm, with I'm you. not going to trade him to trade him, but I'm like to get a superstar in here. He's the guy right. that I think they. Can All get right, him. no, we're on the same page there. I agree with that. Um, a couple guys that I also highlighted before we move on to the people's topic. Um, superstars that could be on the move this offseason that I'm sure the Celtics are just going to be wrapped up in. We talked about two of them, Dame and Beal. Two other guys that are going to be on the market that I think are potential Celtics targets is Cat. And we've already heard, which I can't – I hope they don't do this. I really don't, is KP, uh, poor Zingas. I really don't want him. And Cat, I really liked coming into college, like coming out of college. But – I wouldn't be opposed to it, but those are two guys that I also have on the, you know, both t- franchises could be looking to move separate ways from those two guys. Um, I, I, I will say I'm not the biggest Chris Stapps Porzingis guy. I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm certainly not. But if a trade package came along where it was Kemba for Chris Stapps straight up, I think I'd be leaning towards taking that. And the reason why I say that is because I think Chris Apps would fill a need that the Celtics need more than what Kemba brings and similar contracts. I think Chris Apps has like an extra year or two on his deal younger. The biggest thing with him is his injuries. If he goes to a team where he's, you know, 
he doesn't have to worry about being the main focal point and he's in a winning culture. I think, I think something like that really like elevates a player to, or at least changes their game a little bit. I think going to a winning culture, a winning team like the Celtics would boost Chris Stapps and make him better. Uh, the biggest thing is health. He, he has to stay healthy. But I wouldn't be opposed to Chris Stapps if it was a Chris Stapps for Kemba swap. I, I really wouldn't. I'd think about it. I think I'd probably lean towards yes. Um, Carl Anthony Towns, I've been high on him for a long time. I think he's a sneaky top five center in the NBA. I think he's hands down top five centers in the NBA, but yeah. no one really talks about it because no. he's in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, something like that. Again, I, I don't know if you can make a move like that without giving up like Jalen. I wouldn't give up Jalen for Cat. If you can make it work and get Cat without giving up Jalen or Jason, yeah. I'm all for it. I, I just don't know if that's a possibility right now. I think that they're just – they can't – it's not working. With the Cat situation, it's not working with that. Like Cat's not working out. He's just had really bad luck. Their team has had really bad luck. Like they only had like nine games – where they had their best players play together right. like D'Lo. Um, it's, you know, they're going to lose. They have, they're probably going to end up losing their first round pick this year because they, Cause the, the golden state trade. Yeah. If they can get the ping pong balls to fall the right way, maybe they can hold on to it. Cause it's a protect. I think it's a top three. It's top three, I believe. Yeah. So a top can, four, something like that. If they can get it to fall the right way, maybe they can save it. But I just look at it like it's not working. The NBA is kind of changing where you need to have guys that can score, shoot from outside and he can shoot, but like forward guard heavy in the NBA right now, they got D They got, I think Edwards is a great pick. Like Edwards is the guy that they're, I think they should build around now. Right. So if they lose their first round pick, they're going to be scrambling for picks. Right. And they're going to want to start losing and trying to get a top pick the next year. So I think that's one of those teams that I think it's very possible that they can do a Kemba and a couple young guys and give them a ton of first round picks. If they lose that first rounder, I think it's very possible if they get their first rounder and they get it like a fourth top four pick in the draft. Now I kind of say that's off the table. Cause now you're getting the number one pick in the draft you have Cat, you have D'Lo, and now a top four pick. That's like a – I think if they can stay healthy, that would be a solid team. But uh, the Porzingis thing, like I heard today that he's upset in uh, Dallas because he's considered not equal to Luka. Oh, yeah, no Like a shit. second fiddle. <laughs> and it's like, dude, what do you mean? You're going to be the second fiddle. You, Luka. you stunk it up in the playoffs, and Luka is a borderline top five player. Of right. course, you're going to be the afterthought. <laughs> so I mean. that's my nervousness. Like he's going to be the third option on this team. No question about it. Unless those guys aren't playing that night. So I don't know if he really wants, I mean, winning, winning solves a lot of problems. So if he comes here and they start winning games. I mean, I'm sure he's not going to complain as long as they're winning, but I don't really want a guy that doesn't want to play, do what it takes to win on a team and he doesn't, he can't stay healthy. Uh, I think he's vastly overrated. I just, I, I don't think your team gets drastically better. He does feel that void of like a stretch big and you can kind of move Jalen and Jason back up the ladder at three and two. Um, but Hey, I, I mean, I'd take, I'd take a lot. I'd take pretty much anything for Kemba right now. I think it just needs a, I love Kemba, but we just need a shake up in our team. Exactly. Like, it's just, that's need, why I come like, from there. Like it's just, yeah. 
if you can get something for him and that's what you get for it, why not? Why not roll right. the dice? Right. So obviously Brad, we'll have to see in the next couple months. He's got, you know, like you said, he doesn't have a lot of work to do, but he, at the same time, he has a lot of work to do with this, yep. this roster and with this team. Uh, obviously coming from a couple of years ago, we talked about it last week, a couple of years ago, they were championship favorites. And now we're a couple years removed and we're trying to figure out how to get out of the first round. So uh, I have, I'm optimistic. I, I think it's like a breath of fresh air. Now that even though Brad's still there, it's a new position. We're going to get someone new into the head coach. You know, we're going to have some shakeups. Um, I'm optimistic about next year and everyone will be back full off season. I think we'll be good going into next year. Yeah, we'll just wait and see. That's all it is, one day at a time. So we're going to get into our last segment of the night. We're going to get into the people's topic. It's the people's topic, baby. People's topic. So for people's topic, you can write in on our Instagram at Twitter at Big Red Zone. You can write in anything you want. Uh, this week, we actually have a bunch of people's topics. We'll uh, throw in there. Let me just pull them up on my phone here. Um, we'll try to go quick through uh, some of these. It says, why is there – this comes from Dominic. Why is there nothing about the Mavericks? That's messed up. What about the Mavericks? Yeah, I don't know. Is he talking to us directly or, like, the media themselves? I think the media themselves. Um, press. I mean, it's a low market – kind of a low market team. Uh, they don't win. I feel like Luca gets plenty of media coverage. Right. Yeah. I don't know if he's complaining. It's more about Luca than the team, but that, I mean, the, everyone but him on the team kind of sucks. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's your reason why. <laughs> <laughs> and we're trying to trade for one of those. One of those. Yeah. Yeah. Reasons. Yeah. Um, this comes from Ed. Um, your opinion on YouTubers slash social media celebrities fighting on out of prime boxers. I'll, I'll say this. If you spent, if anyone listening, if you spent money on that fight last night, you're Shame a on fucking you. idiot. Shame you're on you. Fucking idiot. You, Shame everyone, on you. Everyone knew what that was going to be. And if you still paid for it and are upset about it, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. People are actually upset on like Twitter and stuff last like, night. about What did you think, what you gonna think get, was going to happen? Especially after the Jake Paul Ben Askren fight. Like if you want to complain after that, complain after that, you knew what you were getting with, with Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather. You have no one to blame but yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, listen, I respect, I respect these YouTubers and stuff. They're making a name for themselves. They're making a shit ton of money while doing it. But I also hate the Paul brothers. I hate that the, like, I don't say I'm not saying they're ruining the sport of boxing because they're bringing eyes to it, but like it's all a money grab. They don't care about the That's sport. They care about the money in the media. And That's all. It's, all it comes it's down more on to. the promoters that actually let it happen. So. Yeah. So I, I respect I respect the Paul brothers for being able to work people mm-hmm. up and get people to buy their fights. Like I, I can't I can't disrespect them or say anything bad about that. That's just genius marketing. Um, but I think it's stupid. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's stupid. Big boxer. Uh, Danny Football is a big boxer. Oh yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's, he's shaking been, his head over he's there. Been, he's been he's been sh- he's been stifled. He's it so hurts. upset about this uh, last couple months. Sticking with the, just when we're on the fight, there's another one about it uh, from Mrs. Big Red herself. Oh, she said, "Who is the better fighter of the Paul brothers, Jake or Logan?" 
We kind of talked about this. On I the- mean, Jake is the one that has wins on his record, regardless of who they're against. I don't even know how Logan Paul – Logan Paul was 0-1, and all he fought was KSI, the YouTuber, and he somehow got to fight Floyd Mayweather. I feel like Jake Paul should have been the one to fight Floyd Mayweather in that case. I think Jake, Jake Paul yeah. seems to be the one that takes it more seriously somehow. I agree. No, I agree I with that. I don't know I how – if someone asked me how, do you, how would you explain that, I wouldn't be able to explain it. It just feels like he's the one that takes it more seriously. Yeah, yeah I, I Jake agree. Paul actually trains. That's the like, that's the only thing I would say. I, that's why I lean Jake Paul because he actually trains and like takes it somewhat seriously to try to win. Yeah, I agree. Um, this comes from a uh, former guest on the show. We have a ton. This is most people's topics. We had former guest on the show, Dave Griffin. He said, "Is LeBron's legacy damaged by how he handled that first round exit?" No, that's just typical no. LeBron making yeah. excuses for himself, whether it's AD being hurt. I know he said, oh, I wasn't 100%, but you lost to a good Suns team, man. Like, it's your first time losing in the first round. It is what it is. Just take the L and go home. He always yeah. – there's always something with him. Yeah, like when he hit that um, that game winner uh, against the Warriors, I believe it was, when he got hit in the eye and he's like, I, I saw three yeah, rims. Yeah, yeah. Bro, just say – you hit a good shot. Keep it at yeah. that. Don't be like, oh yeah, I you couldn't believe I I, I was. Be odds. There's always. Some, I was seeing three hoops. I I was seeing. I only shot for the one in the middle. Like awesome, dude. You hit a great shot. Keep it at that. You don't need to add more to it. His, he drives me bananas, dude. When I, I heard it today, Michael Rappaport said it. He's like, when someday when LeBron gets his twenty part last dance, it's just gonna, it's just you're gonna hear nothing about nothing but all this nonsense. Mm-hmm. I, I he makes it so hard to root for him. It really does. Oh like, yeah, he mm-hmm. makes he does so much good stuff like for the community, like the school and stuff like that. But I just I can't stand him on the court. He's just annoying. Um, Paige Willis, Paige, she said, "What are you guys excited for in the Olympics?" That's really out of left field, Paige. Um, Curling. I got no answer for this. <laughs> uh. Jeez. Competition, yeah, good old fashioned competition. Let me see. Let me. I, I'll have an answer. Give me one second. One second. One second. One I don't second. even know what like sports they do this time around. This Olympics. I, trying, this is, I don't really follow the Olympics. Yeah, I don't follow the no. Olympics that much. I want to say I, boxing. It's a summer sport. There we go. Jason Tatum joining the the world baseball uh, world baseball world basketball classic when they destroy every other country. Can't wait for him to get a gold medal. Thanks, Paige. Thanks, Paige. Uh, this one comes from Patrick Lee seven six eight five. The Bruins are up one nothing. Bruins are up one nothing. Oh my god! Not even two minutes in. Fire me up, Pasternak. See, yep. pasta stay hot, pasta That's stay right. hot. Um, we kind of talked about this. Um, who would be the Celtics head coach, and if it's Jason Kidd, will Dame be a Celtic? I don't care if Dame will be a Celtic or if Jason Kidd's the next head coach. I will be so upset. I do not want Jason Kidd as the next head coach. Yeah, that's we not a trade-off I'm willing to take. We already kind of went over the coaching yeah. thing. Um, and next comes from our last one from our fan, uh, number one fan, Joseph underscore Celia. He writes, Kemba and Rob for Lonzo and Steve Adams. Nope. What do you think? No. No. Nope. No. Nope. Robert Williams is has more potential and value than either of those guys. Yeah. I'm all set. I, Kemba for Lonzo and Steve Adams. I'd think about that. Yeah. I'd you think probably about have to that throw more. in one more. I think you'd have to throw in something else, but 
sure. Uh, I think about that more than the first one. Yeah, I wouldn't do. I wouldn't throw Rob Williams in there. You're already getting. I think Kemba Walker's already the better player in the deal. So, yeah. but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Hey, I've talked about. Hey, I've talked about Lonzo Ball joining the Celtics before. I think it for the right price. It makes the right price for the right price because he makes those guys better. I think he serves Jason and Jalen better than Kemba. He's going to facilitate the Jays more than Kemba. I won't disagree with that. No, but definitely not for Rob Williams. I'm a big Rob Williams fan. Um, so thanks for the questions. A lot of questions. That's awesome. Uh, remember you can write in each week on our Instagram and Twitter at big red zone. And we'll talk about it on the people's topic. Uh, that's it for this week of big red zone. I want to thank Dante, our special guest. Thank, thank you. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm very happy. We got this going. Definitely. And, um, when Steph wins the MVP, we'll love to have you back on. Hey, fingers crossed. (laughs) Um, Danny football, as always, thanks for joining. Have a great week, everyone.